0: Riff raff revolution. Riff raff revolution. Riff raff revolution. Riff raff revolution. Riff Rap revolution.
1: Yeah! Yay! <laughs> Great. <laughs> All right. Hello, this is Riff Raff Revolution, a podcast about real stories about real struggles from real comedians. Really. I'm Perry, a theater teacher, a comedy writer, a director, and a performer.
2: Um, And I'm Laura. I'm also a performer and comedy writer here in Chicago. Uh, Today we're talking to Tyrone Faustin. Uh, He is a uh, stand-up comic uh, who started in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, He's done plenty of comedy festivals, including Boston, Vegas, and Limestone. Um, And most recently he's... uh, Co started a comedy club in Kalamazoo called Funny Is Funny, and also launched a content-based service for comedians called uh, Laugh Search. So, welcome, Tyro. Well, thank you, thank
0: you, thank you, ladies, for having me. Much appreciated. Of
1: course, definitely. <laughs> Um, so if you want to tell us a little bit about how you got started in comedy, that'd be great.
0: So I had, um, always been a big fan of standup comedy and, um, it wasn't until me and my girl had gotten to a fight and I was like, (laughs) you know, let's go and, uh, let's go to a comedy show. Like I'd always loved standup, but I'd actually never been to a standup show before at that point. And so we went and I was like... And it was like an open mic, right? So my understanding of comedy at the time was was like that of professionals. I wasn't aware of what happened at an open mic. And, uh, man, it was, it was it was painful, right? And uh, I said, I could do better than this. And so I went and talked to the owner, and I said, how do you get started? You know, And he kind of told me, you know, come back on a Wednesday and sign up and prepare five minutes. And I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And uh, I told some of my friends from work, and I compiled a bunch of stories that had always kind of commonly told at gatherings and stuff like that. Went to the open mic and did pretty well. And literally was like bit by the bug, like right then.
2: Was this in Ann Arbor?
0: Yeah, Ann Arbor Comedy Club with Roger. If you're familiar with, their, with that place. <clears laughs> i never been uh, there, but... So Ann Arbor Comedy Club was kind of like my, my baby club. Um, I kind of started there, but then eventually, if you've ever been to Joey's Comedy Club, and it's no longer around, but that was like my home club, right? Mm. That is where I would say I, I became a comic. And then eventually I kind of moved on to Mark Ridley's comedy club because Mark Ridley's like the nicest dude ever. And he was really kind enough to really kind of get me linked up with the right people and um, the right venues and stuff like that. And so uh, from that point on, man, I was really, really into comedy. I mean, I think I did an open mic five days a week, man, just as much as I much as I. And of course, I I wasn't married. I have any kids. I had nothing holding me back. Right. And when I got off work, I mean, I had a dog, but I was just like, I'm gonna take him out to walk and hope he doesn't shit everywhere. And I'll see you when I get out of these <laughs> out of these gigs. And uh I did that for a while. And then stand up comedy was going really well, right? I finally started getting some paid gigs. And I remember saying, like, I wish I could do this full time. I wanted to travel. I wanted to go mm-hmm. to places and, and do shows. And um there's a few people that really kinda helped me out. One guy's name was Frank Roche, and he kinda took me on the road with him. And that's what really propelled me to really want to do comedy outside of just Michigan. Mm-hmm. And after I did that, I said, okay, you know what? I'm not married. I don't have kids. I'm going to quit my job. And at the time, I was working in a lab. Um, and I went to school for biology, right? So I, I had wanted to be a scientist my whole life, right? And, I, and after about four years of that, I was just like, I'm doing stand-up comedy. <laughs> so, so I quit. I moved back in with my mom. And I just hit the road for a couple years and um i' that kind of was like life changing right because I just had the ability to go anywhere and I didn't even know I didn't mind driving and it was just really cool to meet all these different people and there's just so much people and opportunity and just everything out there on the road It was just crazy and it's funny because I said at the time I said what I'm going to do is I'm going to quit my job in the lab I'm going to do stand up comedy, and I'm going to just uh, program games in flash that was my I had this This plan, right? Because me and me and a buddy in school, we started a business called Yo Demo, and we had actually had the idea for like um, like iTunes, like beforehand, right? So I had some two friends who made beats. (laughs) We had a bunch of friends who like were all into indie music, who they're still into, and we had to put this website together. Except no one knew how to make a website, right? So me and my friend Steve, we put the website together. We put on like a, um, uh, oh my gosh battle rap mc rap battles right at the school that was really successful we had our website our website looked like just ass right it, it, was, just, it was just we put it together just kind of put it together and the idea was that i was going to quit my lab job do stand up do web development or this game stuff on the side and that was going to be it man i was just like i'm going to have just so much just money and free time and you know it didn't really quite pan out that way Right. And, um, but, but comedy is one of those things <clears throat> like I, I like, I love it. Right. Mm-hmm. And as I've gotten older, I don't really do so much stand up comedy anymore, man. And so, mm-hmm. man, once the business came and the kids came and comedy started to kind of wane off, I tried really going hardcore back into comedy back in like 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of, I did like every, it's funny. I, In the two thousand twelve, I said, "This is painful, man. I'm not. I'm not doing nearly as much stand up as I really want." So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna blanket the world with my little tape, and we'll see what happens. And I got accepted to like all the festivals, right? It was really cool, but I was gone for about four and a half months out of the year, right? Mm -hmm. And the wife and kids were like, "Mm -mm, Mm -mm, (laughs) "Dude, like that is too much." And even I, you know, when you're on the road. It's cool to be on the road because you're like rock star for the day, and that's cool. But then, like, I like to wake up in my own bed. I hate mm. waking up with an eight hour ride on top of work. You know, I gotta fly here and do that. And having kids has actually turned out to be a wonderful thing. So, shocker,
1: because
0: <laughs> I was like, kids, who? Why, why would you do that to yourself? Uh, so, comedy is one of those things where I have really tried to stay in the game, but not necessarily on stage, right? Mm. Um, not too long after I really started doing comedy, I was kind of like, man, you know, I've been doing a lot of shows and so forth and so on, and hosting shows and like you know booking room and stuff like that. And I, I've been wanting a comedy club for the past like three years, right? And I was getting some mentorship from Mark Ridley, who I called up one day, and he's trying to retire. And I'm like, hey man, listen, <laughs> I, I, I know you're trying to get out of the business, man, but I really need your help. And he's like, what do you want? I'm like, I'm trying to start a club, and he goes, you know, this is what it takes, and he kind of. Really helped mentor me through the whole. I mean, seeking out a building, what's the best place, all the information, writing letters to the trustees of the board and the city, and you know, how best way to get your liquor license. Like, he was like super instrumental, right? And it sucked because I was not aware of the level of rejection that comes with trying to start a comedy club you know? did you
2: have a business background at all before you decided to
0: no start? no no I didn't um it, it was very interesting I thought this was more like hey <clears throat> I got money you got vacancy let's do it right <laughs> and it's nothing like that it's kind of like easier
1: said than yeah, done yeah yeah way easier <laughs>
0: said than done right so you know I, I, I went to all the at first I had like a hit list of all the places I wanted to start a club at and uh just got told no after no after no after no And usually the landlords of a building uh, because I wasn't trying to buy my own building I was trying to rent Mm -hmm. right Um, they usually have an idea of who they want as a tenant in that building and comedy Mm -hmm. presents this kind of nightclub ish alcoholic induced fight club or something and it's like a turnoff right and uh, I was just like man so that really really sucked after about a year of getting turned down, I mean you, you can only take oh so much rejection mm-hmm. before you like I should probably rethink things. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe my game plan was not as tight as I thought it was. And so I, I never stopped really hunting. I just kind of took it down a notch and chill. And then my buddy calls me up. His name is Amaro Lewis, who um, is like the hardest working road comic in the world. And he calls me. Goes, hey, I was at the hotel and uh, this guy said he has a room and he's looking for a tenant. At this hotel and we can you know kind of basically get in there for a really cheap price and you want to start a comedy club and I'm like oh god yes so that was it man that was kind of how the, the whole thing started so stand-up comedy is not from one of these things where <clears throat> I really kind of gone from being a comic to I really want to change the com- comedy market the industry I want to change everything starting with content. I want to have my own place. I mean, I still want to get on stage, right? It's really cool to get on stage. I'll, I'll never, never not want to do that. But there's so many other things um, that you can do, right? Mm-hmm. So about 10 years ago, actually had started this website called Laugh Search. And it's totally different from what it is today. And Laugh Search was actually like the 411 for films, right? Because there was nothing like it for a comedy club. And today, it's it's laugh stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I never got popular. Someone came around and did the exact same thing, and I guess they had a boatload of money, and they made it happen, okay. right? But it just goes to show how much opportunity there is in the comedy industry. I mean, there, there's a lot more to do than just tell jokes. That's
1: amazing. That's something that you don't think about often when you think about comedy, is like all the business side of everything, mm-hmm. of yeah. um, how that gets started, and... Um, yeah,
0: the hosts, the people who book acts and things like that, too. Yeah, so uh, it, it's very interesting. You know, I started this this laugh search bit um, after about a year and a half ago. I, I didn't have any work going on.
2: Could you could you t-
0: oh, explain yeah. a little bit what laugh search does? Right. So laugh search kind of I, I can't give the story. <laughs> laugh search it basically is there to organize your material, right? And the issue I had was I got fourteen notebooks. You're going to hear this number around a lot. <laughs> 14 notebooks of just kind of writing jokes and stuff. And those are 14 notebooks I can find, right? I've got more that have, I don't know, man, turned into just pieces of paper or dog-aided or whatever. But I wanted to, my wife kept saying like, you know, you forgot to tell that joke on stage. You forgot to tell that joke on stage, Mm. right? She's like my critiquer. (laughs) She watches everything. She hears all my jokes first, yada, yada, yada. She's like, why don't you tell this joke? Why don't you tell that one? I'm like, "Ah, I forgot it. You know, it's like out of sight, out of mind, unless I go on stage and tell it 20 times. And she's like, you need to go through all of your notebooks and consolidate. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. That would be the best thing to do because, you know, you end up kind of jotting stuff down, man. You just jot it down. And hopefully if you remember a tag next time, hopefully you remember that. Man, dude, it's, it's just out of sight, out of mind, right? And so I said, what are the chances that I'm going to go through 14 notebooks and actually be able to consolidate? I was like, I don't know, but I'm going to give it a try, right? And I got about three notebooks in and I realized a few things. Like, one, a lot of the stuff is semi-repetitive. Some, there's some changes mm-hmm. that kind of happen over time, right? Two, there's just like a shit ton of like topics, right? And so it's going to be almost impossible for me to kind of mentally juggle how many topics are in this notebook and then as I go over the next 13 notebooks to begin to kind of take those and condense and like, you know, make the joke better. And I was just like, God, man, this, this is, this is like really hard. And I, now I'm a web developer, right? I'm a programmer. I mean, I've been doing this for like a really long time. And I thought like, watch well, clearly I can fix my own problem. Right. Mm-hmm. So first thing I did was, you know, fired up a database, started programming a few pages, kind of, you know, kind of trying to figure out how I was going to do this. Um, saving the jokes and then, you know, like encrypting the jokes. I wanted to kind of get some things out of the way, like security. I want to get breached, hmm. you know, end up like a Walmart or it or Sony or whoever else gets hacked. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of get over the basics. And then it was like, OK, putting a joke into a system is pretty easy. Then what do you do? OK, well, I need to be able to take a joke and I need to be able to find every other joke that is actually somewhat similar on the same topic so i can kind of evaluate and then obviously condense and then i need to be able to change a joke and be able to kind of go back and look at his history and see what changed i need to be able to kind of take a joke i need to be able to rate it and then i need to see how that rating changes over time and to kind of see where these jokes performed well at right so there's nothing like that um on the market at all so i said i'll just build it for myself the thing is i was building it for myself just to kind of keep track of things. And and that has actually turned out pretty well, man. Like, we don't have a ton of users, but the the users who I do have are like, oh, my God, like, thank you, yeah. right? Because I want to just kind of get away from the notebook. I've always got my phone. I don't always yeah. have my notebook. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier for me to just kind of grab mm-hmm. my phone and, you know, put in Donald Trump and see that I've got, you know, 89,000 Donald Trump jokes. and mm-hmm. But I want to see the ones that performed the best last week, and I can kind of do that, right? So the the point is just to be to organize your content because every, every comic is basically just like a content producer. That's all we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. And the notebook is pretty much the, the de facto form of storage. But a notebook is not a long-term storage solution, right? A notebook is there for quickness and it's there for naturality because it feels very natural to write. It feels very natural to flip a page, to feel paper and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like if I read something, I kinda actually still prefer to read a book than I do on my phone. I do it on my phone because the book alternative just isn't around, right? Yeah. <laughs> but Laugh Search is, is there to be to help just just overall organization with content. That that is its its main focus.
2: Now I saw on the your website that you also provide content analysis for for jokes, like the tone of yeah. of a joke. So I'm just wondering um, how how you actually do that.
0: It's actually not too hard. Um, So IBM has their own, IBM is deep into the AI game. And basically they kind of have a service where you can send content somewhere and the AI will just simply read over it. And they have what's called an emotional analyzer. Right? So it can kind of take your content, right? And with a fair degree of accuracy, and when I say fair degree, I basically mean about 70%. It's definitely not perfect. It can kind of give you the gist of what your content is going to what kind of emotional responses you can expect, whether it's like sadness or disgust or happy or joy or something to that fashion, right? So the, the point is you want to know more or less, are you coming off like a dirtbag? Maybe. <laughs> right. Are you coming off as a total douchebag? Maybe. Right. You're, you're obviously never going to know until you actually put it on stage in front of someone. But the, the point is to give people a gist of what's, what may happen. Right. So when you make a joke, a few things that, that kind of go on, like one, we kind of run it through an analyzer that looks for, you know, benign or keywords or something in that fashion. Um, then we kind of run it through a emotional analyzer. We do a copy scape to see if it already exists somewhere on the Web, just in case you're you know, potentially stealing somebody else's stuff. And then we let you know how long your content's going to kind of take. to, So, you know, how, how long each joke is going to be. Right. Because going over is like one of those classic comedy issues people always go over their time and stuff like that so you should be you should be able to make a set list and to say okay i've got 10 minutes of douchebaggery material i've got five minutes of witty material i've got two minutes of whatever right it's just to kind of give you a little um it's a little nudge in the right direction before you actually take it on stage
1: so it'll tell you like what the reaction what a possible reaction from a listener would be or is it like the tone more
0: It's it's definitely more the tone, right? Okay. Uh, I've always kind of said I say, you know, comedy is the, the the job of a comedian is to put words in a certain order to elicit an emotional response, right? Or really really a laughter response based off indirectly by an emotional response, right? So it's just the emotion part, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't want to walk the crowd, obviously. That's that's kind of like a default. But you know, and I'm not to say this is going to tell you if you're going to walk the crowd, <laughs> right? But if 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 you take a joke and you analyze it, and it says douchebag 100 percent, anger 100 percent, you know, witty zero percent. You like so you you like oh okay. Maybe.
2: So they may actually end up learning a lot about themselves as well. Yes, yes,
0: yes exactly. That's a
1: very good tool yeah. to have. <laughs> so about how many users do you have? Do you There's know?
0: about 80 users. Cool.
1: Wow. Yeah,
0: so it's been a slow and steady wins the race type deal. Um,
1: and when was it officially live? Or This
0: year. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. And so I'm making it free for the end of the year because I'm really just trying to get feedback. Mm -hmm. I want to see how people like it, don't like it, what can we add, what kind of value can we stuff here or there, whatever the case is. Um, And then after that, I think I'm going to charge like two, three bucks a month or something to that fashion. So there are components that I definitely have to pay for, uh, whether like if you, like I've added speech to text, right? So when you make an audio file, we save that audio file somewhere, like that obviously costs. The uh, the AI costs, I mean, man, the whole everything costs, man, it's just ridiculous. But it's not like a ton of costs, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it's not like I have to come out of the pocket some huge amount. Um, and I, I really, really, really want to keep the price low because I want as low a barrier to entry as humanly possible because most, I mean, this is, comedy is like the bell curve, right? You got mm-hmm. a few people who are really, really funny. You got a few people <laughs> who are just awful. And then you have... You mediocre people, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's broke, except for these people. <laughs> right? So everyone from the, the ascending to the bell curve to the descending to the flat part, everyone doesn't have any money. So I don't want to put any... I mean, if you're unfunny and you're unorganized, it's a rap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I don't want that. I want to have as low a barrier to entry uh, as humanly possible. So, I mean, most accounts will still be free. Most of the things will actually mainly be free. Um, but audio recordings. There's some things that are just simply going to have to pay for that. I don't want to always have to pay for lots of people out of my pocket every month.
1: That's really cool. That sounds like an awesome tool.
0: I'm like, maybe I should start using Sign that. up. Sign I up. also have 14 notebooks at home.
1: Yeah. I, have a, <laughs> I don't even know how many. So it's funny. One thing
0: I was actually, so there's a few other things we do, man. Like one, I actually have a team of people that kind of go out and try to find all the comedy clubs. Like they can find online and we put them on, put them on the website. I think we're probably the only, like, outside of Google, the only commercial place that actually has a, you know, we're paying people to keep the list updated versus just having people volunteer information. Mm -hmm. Um, And then another thing we're trying to do is the whole notebook to electronic translation, which is something that's kind of been in the works for the past six months. We haven't Mm -hmm. quite figured out how it's going. It's so hard to perfect, Right. So I call, I got a team of people who I kind of work with and I'm like, yeah, I want to do this idea. And they're like, okay, cool. And they got like a team of people who will basically read your notebook. But the problem almost immediately, I was like, I'm going to send you one notebook of mine and we'll see how it goes. And immediately it was just like, yeah, dude, you got stuff written on the top, on the side, on the Uh bottom, you got chicken. Like Mm -hmm. most of this, I literally am just going to have to flip the page and go past. Right. So people are going to. Give a notebook and then they're going to say, yeah, where's all where's all my my most hilarious stuff? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's still in the fucking notebook, man. Because we can't read your doctor's like handwriting, <laughs> man. Like, it's impossible. Yeah. So that's been a bit of a difficulty. And then it's really hard to find out where some people's ideas begin and end on a page, man. It's It's mm-hmm. really interesting. A lot of jokes are just like, <laughs> this paragraph might be related to this paragraph. And the one down here is actually related to the one on page one right? Oh so gosh. the organization of a comics notebook is like crazy, man. That's just mine, right? And I've seen other comics notebooks, man. So I was just like, okay, maybe we'll take a handful of more months and think about this. <laughs> right? So we're still trying to come up with a system on how to do that. We want to be able to have someone take their notebook, ship it, probably going to cost you 25 50 bucks, and then put all that stuff into lab search and then ship your notebook back. Right, so you always have your hard copy, all the content is there, and then you can kind of get to organizing and you
1: know, do do what you do. I didn't even realize that was part of it, like actually having it's not yet, it's
0: it's still very experimental. I still have like a bunch of comics where I call and I'll be like, Give me your notebook, and they're like, No, (laughs) right? So, there's a so it's much more
2: involved than just scanning the pages into the system. No, 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 there's no no
0: scanning, there is a person who's like reading your notebook the whole time (laughs) because (laughs) comedy, Uh a, a notebook. See here, and, and maybe this is maybe I'm being um, sexist here. Men, we suck at writing, for the most part. A girl's notebook is like I don't know, man. It's like you're taking notes for class or some shit. A guy's notebook is just like I was on a paint shaker, and I had these jokes I wanted to write down. Right, so I got them all down. Here's my book. Guys were just unorganized by nature, man. So a guy's I haven't notebook. Haven't seen is- my notebook. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's been harder than I would have imagined just notebook translation. It's funny because there's actually already translation services out there where they will just simply document. They will just simply write down exactly what they see, right? But that's not what you need. You need to read what you see and you need to break it up based on the topic and the content. Like it's a joke. Like a joke is like an encapsulated chunk, potentially, potentially a chunk of, of content. And something that's way over here in the notebook maybe relates to that. And so that is it's, it's much harder than I imagined. It's just, I'm like, damn, it's just a notebook, man. <laughs>
1: it's kind of like cracking into a stand-up's brain. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sounds like yes, it. Yes, that is Which exactly can be it. tricky. <laughs> that is it. For different people.
0: You know, my fear is that I'm going to say, hey, I got this service going. And then someone is just going to ship in like 100 napkins. <gasps> oh, right? <God>. <laughs> <laughs> and be like, there you go, man. Have hey, a... Get it That's all in there. <laughs> right? Exactly. So it's like, uh, like, what do we do? There's just so many more. It's been six months in, man. We still haven't perfected. So hopefully in another six months, we'll you know, get some more notebooks and we'll have better guidelines on what your notebook has to be like and look like to kind of make the translation look Are the people
2: reading the notebooks also, um, do they have any experience with comedy?
0: No. No. They're, right. just, they're just like hardcore worker bees. Mm-hmm. They're wow. like, give us a task, we'll knock it out.
1: Are, is everybody who's working on this project um, friends of yours, or do you?
0: No, hire... well, I, I I know them from um, there was a company I was with called The Hoth. And it was me and three other guys, and we really kind of built that up. And we had like a giant team of writers who would write blog articles. Mm-hmm. And it's these guys who I've used. Like it's funny, like I hadn't even talked to them in years, and. I'm like, hey, Mary, what's going on? I got this idea. She's like, oh my God, Tyrone. I was just like, okay, here's what I want to do. She's like, okay, let's do it. Fill my wallet. And I'm like, drain mine. <laughs> uh, so it, it's, it, there's, uh, they're really hard workers. They're really good people. They're really fast, which amazes me. Mm-hmm. Right? When I said, hey, I want to get a list of all the comedy clubs in the US. The next day, they were like, we found 350 clubs. Oh, my gosh. Here's a <laughs> spreadsheet. Let me know when you got time to, to review it. I was like, uh, 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 uh. Sh- I need a minute. Like, good grief. Right? So it's it's really good having people, hard workers on your team, man. Just really good team.
1: That's great. Um, now, going back to your comedy club, when did that open? When did it start? So
0: so that started... Um, January, November, we're kind of on a hiatus right now. We're mm-hmm. looking for a building. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had some, so let me kind of give you the full story. So the buddy, when I told you, hey, I was at this hotel, and they got a, right, it's it's that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so it's very interesting. It's very kind of informal. Every show is comedy and dinner, right? So you come, you eat, um, you drink. We have plenty of alcohol. We've got plenty of food. We've got a catering place that kind of comes out. And, Provides us with the food. Um, we had a handful of really, really, really good comics, man. Like, talent has never been our problem. We're not necessarily the biggest draw, because I think it probably takes about a year to really get a club started, right? And um, it has been a really fascinating type deal to kind of have a comedy club. It's funny because I say the expenses were dead on. I know exactly how much it takes to run a comedy club. That that part is the easy part to go, to to figure out the money-making part is the hard part right that getting people in the door is definitely interesting no matter who you have coming in right uh, because it's a new place it's totally uh, totally unestablished and we're inside of a hotel right so the hotel has been helpful obviously they gave us a place there are a lot of kind of rules and regulations that kind of go with that like in terms of what your advertising scheme would be like you you just cannot you can't go to the Holiday Inn and rip the sign down and put up "funniest funny comedy mm-hmm. club," right? So you, 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 and they have their own stipulations. They're like, "Okay, you can do this, but you can't do that. You can do that, but you can't do this." And I'm like, it, it's basically it's an endless game of problem solving mm-hmm. while trying to get people in the club, while trying to get the best talent, while trying to not go broke at the same time. It, it's fun and frustrating and really cool all at the same time, man. Like it's it's. Really, really cool. So the last big person we had on there was Sean Jones and he's a comic who I worked for, worked with about seven, eight years ago and we did a show together and the show was terrible. (laughs) I'm going to tell the story. It was me and my friend Amaru. You may hear me speak on plenty of times. Sorry about that. That's
1: okay.
0: Um, This club opens up and this club owner calls this agency. This agency calls Sean. Sean calls Amaru. Amaru calls me. They go, hey, We're going to go to this club. It's brand new. We're going to do their very first show. We got to go in there and tear it up. Cool. We were already in Wyoming or North Dakota or something like that, and we were traveling our way back to Minnesota. We're like, all right, man, let's go in there and do it. Now, this was interesting. Apparently, we weren't far from Prince's house, right? No, I'm not from Minnesota. I don't know where the dude (laughs) is, right? And so the show started three hours late. And when the show did start, all these people come in. I guess Prince had a private party. So all those people who were at the party didn't come to the club, right? Prince and the uh, club owner, I guess, were buddy-buddy. And so he's like, hey, after the show, go to my buddy's club. Check it out. They're brand new. You know, yada, 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 right? I was just like, how cool, right? I mean, to to be like within that proximity of degree, you know? The people show up. Show's supposed to start at nine. Show actually starts at midnight. I'm the first person going up. I'm like, all right, and and, and people were pissed, right? Because there were some people who did show up at night. Mm-hmm. They were just, just okay. you. I go on there, and I when I say I got no laughs, I got a chuckle at the end by the lady in the front, and that was it. Oh, no. So oh. when you don't get any laughs from, like, you know, 200 people, It's very definitive. You don't have to worry if you don't need to wonder if they don't like you. Right? (laughs) You know. (laughs) Right? And so my buddy Maru goes on, he kills. He brings the show back. High energy. Sean Joe's goes on there. He kills. He murders, man. I mean, he really put on a good show. And after the show, because people were actually still really happy with the show, even though it was late and I killed I bombed. After the show, there's like all these like models and stuff like that. right in the crowd and and, and so at the end you know, at the end of the show when people walk by you shake hands you say thanks for coming out yada 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 right well there's photographers there like paparazzi people there and we're like Gosh. like this is really interesting right and they're like all right all the ladies and models and stuff like that go ahead and gather around come right here right like all the comics and stuff get on over here and i was like okay and i got my <laughs> arm around one of the models and the camera guy was just like Not you. Yeah. Go ahead and move away. Move away. I was just like, what? And then the model chick was like, you heard him. Go ahead and move back. I was just like, Oh my God. Oh, that's cool. Wow. Like, dude, this is super bogus. And so if that didn't like make me already feel bad, I was kinda like, all right, all right, all right, that was pretty bad. People go by and they like don't even look at me, like straight used car salesman like interactions. You know what I'm saying? Like, ooh, don't look at him. All right, fine. (laughs) So all that's over. Club shuts down. We all hop in the car with the owner of the club. This dude's loaded. He's got like a motorcade of cars, right? So me, and Sean, we're all in the owner's car with him and his bouncers. He basically just roasts me the whole time. I'm never bringing you back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, you terrible. (laughs) Man, you suck. And, of course, the bouncers are, oh, yeah, boss, he (laughs) was unfunny. I was just like, man, dude. Okay, so I remember I went back to our hotel, and I was just like, I might quit. I was just like that. That was like the such a striking blow, because yeah. I know for sure there are not just people who just who just weren't happy with the show, but truly found me disgusting, right? In oh terms of gosh. being funny, I was like, man,
1: I would have been like, I'm done with comedy. Okay, I was like, <laughs> goodbye, yeah. everyone.
0: Yeah, so I was kind of like, uh, you know. I was like, I clearly got over it. But when I called Sean Jones and said, hey, I've got my own comedy club, he was just like, what? Oh, my gosh. And he goes, you know that club you bombed at? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, they booked me to run it after that show because I did so well. He said, I booked it for about a year. I was just like, oh, my gosh. He was just like, yeah, they told me never bring you back, dude. Like, never. Like, you're the one dude they could never bring back. Blacklisted. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, wow, man, that's crazy. This is your one show. Yeah, that's all you need when it's bad. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was painful. Not but... encouraging
2: my own stand-up aspirations at all. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So Sean Jones came, he did our club. Uh, really, he, he killed. And uh, it's funny, at our last show, because um, it's in a hotel, apparently the hotel room above us, their tub overflowed. And so we're just starting the show. We're just like, hey, welcome to funny. is funny. Yada, yada, yada. And all of a sudden it's like drip, 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 drip. Oh, no. And they were like, oh, is this part of the act? I'm like, there's no way you think that. There's no way. No way. Someone get a maintenance man in here. You got to be kidding me. Drop my rent right away. Wow. So after that. Um, we actually are now looking for a comedy club building of our own, mm-hmm. uh, because we had that issue. We had some other kind of technical issues and we really just want to be liberated from any kind of other issues that come with being a tenant. Uh, not that you don't have them as an owner because you have mm-hmm. that too. Um, but things were going pretty well. And are you thinking them- about staying in Kalamazoo? preferably not so the Kalamazoo place just actually kind of happened to kind of fall into our laps and now that we actually have more knowledge we've got some money we've got a list um, we actually want to go with the demographics where well, that's going to be a little bit better so my vote is actually I live in Plainfield and fair up to me we would just have it out there um, but you know there's a couple other people involved so if it's not in Kalamazoo it probably might be in Lansing it may stay in the Michigan like area um, if it's not in the Michigan area, then a couple target other places are uh, Indiana, like uh, St. John, if you're familiar with that. Some where the economics are a little bit better, people have more spending money. It's also harder to kind of get into those places. Those were some of the first places I got rejected at. But now, I've got a little bit of a game plan, i got a little bit of a representative I've got a little bit more money on hand, so who knows? You know, People may be persuaded a little bit more. Uh, if we don't do it there, then uh, obviously I live in Plainfield, there's a lot of opportunity over there. Economics look really good. Um. So we'll see. We'll see. It, it, it's an adventure.
1: Yeah, it sounds yeah. like you've found a lot of different challenges in every, at every <clears throat> turn.
0: <laughs> you know, the challenges part is something I've realized is just the nature of the beast, man. I, I think it, initially I used to kind of get down about it. And be, I, I think I just was not really realistic. I, I didn't know the, the level of resistance that was out there. And it's not about people are out to get me. It's that people just have their own things, man. You you just you're not you're not a cog that kind of fits into their gear set, man. And, and it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to kind of get in there. And but there's always a way. There's literally always a way. Um, and so I just kind of realized, man, never quit. Just kind of keep going, keep poking, keep prodding, and kind of see where it takes you. And yeah, I don't. know. Things will pan out.
2: So, what advice would you give to someone who's thinking about starting their own club?
0: Um. Have a game plan, and by game plan I mean business plan, and by business plan I mean expenses. Um, that mm. is that is tremendous. I think it, it costs anywhere from about ten to fifteen thousand to actually have a basic comedy club, um, and that kind of is talent in addition to maybe your rent, maybe some of your utilities and stuff like that. Um, you really and that, now your startup costs, right? Your startup costs are probably anywhere from 50 to 100 grand, right? Probably more like 125, somewhere around there. And then it's about 10 to 15 grand a month to kind of maintain it. So you really have to go, it, it, put it this way, unless you have three or $400,000, you have to recoup your investment like immediately, right? So buddy and I, we're kind of looking at this building, and this building is like a million bucks. And I was just like, uh-huh. dude, I was like, bro, there, there's no way. like. If you say that the average comedy club has has 50% capacity in terms of every show, right? If you're a million and a half in, everyone has to come. It has to be packed every single day. Everyone has to have. It's got to be like a ten drink minimum. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? People have to leave out just smashed, right? For you to break even, right? The comic, the talent, they they get no money. I mean, so to to kind of get around that, man, you really got to have some way to kind of offset things, right? So. Alcohol is probably going to be 30 to 40% of actually your income. Ticket sales are going to be maybe about another 30 40%. And then maybe you can add in some food or you have to find some other way to kind of reduce costs. But that the, the alcohol, like you really can't have a comedy club without an alcohol license. You really can't, mm-hmm. man. It's, it's, just, it's just too hard. You can't have ticket sales high enough to really offset not having alcohol. Mm-hmm. And if you have food, there's like a ton of associated costs that kind of go with food, right? You got to have a food license. Got to have kitchen upkeep. Got to have staff to actually cook the food, right? So it, there's like all these kind of things you kind of have to kind of keep in mind if you're gonna have a club. Now you can clearly have just like a basic room where <clears throat> you don't have like a huge stage. You got a little stage. You don't have a ton of chairs. You got little chairs, right? And then the question is, how many people can you pack in there? How over fifteen dollars a ticket can you go? And what kind of talent can you get at fifteen bucks a ticket, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of comics, man, I mean, they'll say, all right, man, I'll come to your club. How many people are you expecting? All right, so let's say your club only holds 100 people. They'll be like, nah, not enough, good. Not, not, not enough for me. Because mm-hmm. they want to sell merchandise after the show, right? And if only 10% of people even consider their merchandise, and it's only 10 people, and so they're going to say, well, you know, outside of the thousand bucks you're going to pay me, it's not really worth it, mm-hmm. right? So, and, and the talent, you know, some people you got to fly out. Obviously, you got to get them a hotel room. You gotta get them to the club. Maybe you have to go get them. Maybe you have to do some advertisement. Maybe some we like. We actually did a TV commercial, which was actually my first forte into commercials. I didn't. I didn't know it was so cheap. Really, it's really interesting. But everything in combination between the TV commercials, the radio commercials, the Facebook ads, the print ads—I mean, like it really, really, really adds up. Mm -hmm. So it's like your your marketing game has to just be. Out beforehand because we were we were fumbling, man. First time we actually started doing any kind of advertisement, um, my buddy amara and I, we you know trying to do this independent movie, and we were kind of testing things out to kind of see how things would go Facebook wise. And I already had laugh Search, and I already had my thing, and I'd already been experimenting. And I was kind of like, man, bro, our, our game plan got to get tighter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's it's so easy to run out of money. Like, it is just just crazy. But I would say this, even though all the struggles and stuff that we've had, I, I'm so glad we had them because I had no idea what radio advertisement was like. I had no idea mm. what TV advertisement was like. I had no idea what it was like for you know talent acquisition and formulating a game plan and all those things. So all of that has just been really, really, really helpful. I mean, I, I if I could do it again, I would, just better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Going back to your original idea for it, you mentioned something earlier um, about uh, having a specific market for the club mm-hmm. or wanting to fill a certain hole that you saw. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about what that was or what your idea was there?
0: Um so when you go into an area one of the things you always want to look for is just straight income like demographics. Mm-hmm. How much money are people making? What's the average household income, All right? So I think the average household income in America is around it's funny like 33 grand, which is not not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um if you look at more Fluent areas like Chicago or maybe, um, actually I'll take Royal Oak because Comedy Castle is where I built a lot of my ideas off of. They do really well. Average household income is about 65 grand, which is like not a ton of money, but they have spending money, but in addition to, they're actually near a college campus. Mm-hmm. right? So it's funny, the college campus basically means disposable income. They're, students are broke in a sense, but not totally broke. Because right? students are looking for entertainment for the most part. And, and
2: they like to drink,
0: and, 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 <laughs> and like they to like to drink, drink, right? So, because right, because alcohol is a big part of your income, uh, because foot traffic, local foot traffic, needs to be a big part of your income. I mean, a big part of the driver why people kind of come into your club, and you want to hit as many demographics as humanly possible, right? So, location is like super, super, super crucial, like anything, right? But in this case, people have to be willing to see your club from the outside. They have to be able to drive past it or they have to be able to walk by it and automatically see it. Mm-hmm. Because, shockingly, most people who've actually been to a comedy show, it's their first time.
2: Mm-hmm. It is
0: like an amazing thing. If you do a statistic, if you do a poll of people and you say you're going to have some people, there's a really small percentage of people who are like, you're, I come to every show. I love stand-up comedy. Yada, yada, yada. That's going to be like 5%. surprisingly. The other ninety-five percent are people who've either never been to a comedy show, or they haven't been in years, right? They've been like it's been so long since I went, right? Comedies, comedy clubs are not like movies where people just regularly go. It's just not a regular thing for people. So you really have to take every action possible to introduce it to this other ninety-five percent who are going to come once, right? So that that's a that's a fairly difficult task. Mm-hmm. Right, so you gotta go where the money is, because they gotta have the disposable income. You gotta go where the lo- loads and loads of people are, um, because it's it's like a net, man. You gotta catch as many people as possible. It's, mm-hmm. it's just how many people can I throw in the funnel, <laughs> right? Because you're only gonna get some really really small percentage. And then of course, comedy is kind of fickle, right? In the summertime, it slows down. People don't want to be indoors; they go outdoors. A lot of comedy clubs either shut down or they become something else, right? So you have to find a way to get people in the door, not just Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. That's why a lot of comedy clubs will have like fundraisers on a Monday or Sunday or they have classes on a Monday or Sunday or open mic mm-hmm. on a Tuesday or Wednesday or something like that because they're trying to keep people in all the time. Yeah. And it's really difficult to do that. It's easier to do it in the wintertime, surprisingly, because uh, the winter and fall is definitely comedy time. But spring and summer is not kind. of. I
2: comedy didn't realize that comedy was seasonal like that.
0: Yeah. yeah, the more that I
2: think about
1: it, that makes a lot of yeah. sense. But yeah, yeah. again, you don't think about no. these things.
0: You don't think about it until you spend the money and no one shows up. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what happened? Like, what in the world?
1: Am I... Oh my gosh. There's so much to learn yeah. getting into this. Is it? Did it really help just having that mentor who was helping you at
0: first? Or Mark Ridley. Oh, or... my! Yeah. Yeah. So it's great to have someone. Mark pretty much filled in every single hole, any major hole that I had, right? The mm-hmm. rest of the holes... I'm really just going to be filled through experience. But when I talked to him, he he really kind of gave me the basics on how his club came to be, right? Mm -hmm. Really, really stressed the whole grow into your needs. Don't go out and get some huge uh, huge building. You don't try to just get Chris Rock right off the bat. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You really kind of have to work your way and work your way up to things. And you need to have... Like the most positive experience when someone comes to your club is humanly possible, and that's the only way. Because because word of mouth is like one of the most potent kind of mm-hmm. forms of uh, referral when it comes comes to comedy. You, you generally you generally don't see comedy clubs advertised on TV. You'll just don't do a lot of TV commercials. You'll hear some radio ads, um, but it's just not 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 the way it really works out, man. It, it, it's very interesting. Comedy is this kind of low budget movie theater business
1: mm-hmm.
0: right um i mean live performances is just kind of like that in general right movie theaters got it great man they got the presence they you say movie theater people are like where at? where you want to go blah blah, yeah. blah, blah 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 right what time's it play movies are so accessible and comedy's not like that but it's it's going in that direction
1: mm-hmm. yeah definitely i think it's become something more popular and um things like that. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's becoming more popular. I mean, everyone wants to be an actor, not everyone wants to be a comic. Right? So, we're not, <laughs> yeah. we're not there yet. Not there yet. Mm-hmm. Well, what I really want to promote is to comics to become more business-minded. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's why I do like laugh search when I talk to people, I'm always stressing like, dude, it's a it's a business first, right? Cuz you're a comic, when you go to a comedy club, let's say you have a terrible show, right? That club is left with your terribleness. <laughs> and then you get to go out and spread your terribleness someplace else, right? And the club really kind of has to mitigate against that. So the club is interested in hiring the best people at all times. They really want to put butts in seats, obviously. They want to attract, they want to have really quality shows. And the quality show is clearly based off the comic. And in most comics, they treat comedy almost more like a hobby, right? Because it doesn't make them a ton of money, right? And I, I totally get that. But if you treat it more like a business... Starting with your content, I think things go a little bit different. You can you'll have a better understanding of the of the booker, right? A lot of comics there's kind of like this us versus them mentality when it comes to comedy and bookers and comics and booking us. This booker doesn't like me and stuff like that and yada yada yada. And I'm funny. How come you didn't book me? Well, I'm telling you, if you come to the booker and you say, "Hey, listen, man, I got about five thousand people following me. I think I can put about a hundred seats in your." In your comedy Club, yada yada yada. Here's the content I tell. If you had some statistical analysis, I kid you not, the booker would be like, Fuck. <laughs> Man, oh okay. I'm not saying I'm gonna hire you. What I am saying is that you're probably better than the rest of the people who just say, Book me.
2: Mm-hmm. Basically, book me they have to book- learn how to market themselves. Yeah, yeah.
0: oh yeah, 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 for sure. And you need to approach it much more like a business than just you're funny and book me. When you were
1: on the road more often, Mm -hmm. um, did you approach it that way? Or was there kind of a period where you were trying to learn that or figure that out?
0: So there was definitely a period where I was trying to figure that out, right? Mm -hmm. And, I mean, luckily I was going through funny business. I had charter talent. I was going through these kind of agencies, right? So they just kind of tell you where to go. But it wasn't until I was trying to book myself. You know, I would go to a place and I'd have a really good show. And they'll be like, you know, hey, man, I'd like to have you back another six months to a year, or there's another room down the street, you know, or I would say, um, I'm driving to California. How many clubs am I going to intersect by the time I get there? Maybe give them a call and see if I can hop on stage. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's definitely because obviously you're going to have to get really acclimated to the word. No, but I noticed with most bookers, man, they're, they're, they're business, they're business people, man. They want to put as many butts in seats as possible. They want to feel as though they have as many assurances that they're going to make some kind of profit when you come. And They're not going to be left with some kind of terrible legacy, you know, when you leave. Not that it's going to be terrible, but mm-hmm. they want everyone to be more business minded, and I do think that is definitely the way to go. When you stop treating it like a hobby and you start looking at it more business like, it helps. You want to get more organized. It helps you understand why someone told you no. Your feelings aren't hurt as much, and I think it helps you kind of push on and not quit. Like you'll mm-hmm. you, you'll just have better perspective.
1: That's great. That's also just great advice for comedians yeah. Yeah. starting out is to just start thinking that way and working towards that. Do you feel
2: that social media um, helps with that aspect of growing a comedian's career?
0: Absolutely. Facebook is the best open mic ever.
2: <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> so this, this is what I do. I usually go on my phone. I, I kind of whip something up. I call my wife. She's my first filter. And I tell her the joke. She gives me the thumbs up with the thumbs down. And then if that goes well, then maybe I'll probably put it on Twitter or Facebook. And then if that goes well, I record the amount of likes I have. And I said, OK, then I'll tell this at an open mic. Right? So by the time I get to an open mic, usually people will like, your open mic was hilarious. I'm like, yeah, because there's a lot of pain that people already went through. Right? Before it got to you. Right? So social media is like this wonderful, wonderful open mic, man. And I, I I don't necessarily have time to always go to a show or something. Um, but it, it is so helpful. I mean, so helpful. Put up a meme. Someone's going to copy it, but at least you'll get it out there. Uh, get on every social media thing you can. And just, you basically have to bathe the world with hmm. our content.
1: We've heard that from a couple people yeah. that we've interviewed, is mm-hmm. people are starting to use those platforms as testers before actually going up mm-hmm. the oh my gosh. and that's amazing that that's become something. For yeah, me. I
0: mean, why go on stage and hurt the crowd with your totally untested material, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> be like, you know what guys? None of this shit was funny tonight. I could have reduced your pain but I said fuck you. I like, <laughs> Let you guys be the first person to feel this wrath and, oh, are you sleeping? So sorry. <laughs> so social media is like a wonderful wonderful, wonderful thing. I love it. <laughs>
1: Um, I think we need to transition to our last segment yeah. <laughs> of the show. Unless, do you have any anything? No, I think like we covered most of everything I had. Great. Um, so I think we emailed you about this, that we like to end, um, with a short, like, improvised sketch part. Mm-hmm. We, um, like to do something improvised based on, like, a way that you would satirize any challenge you faced. We know you're a stand-up. We've had another stand-up, only stand-up on, and he just did his own bit. Mm -hmm. But, um, so it's uh, totally up to you. Yeah. Whatever you want. (laughs) Um, I thought it was interesting when you were talking about spaces, not wanting comedy clubs,
0: Mm -hmm. um,
1: in them. Um, but whatever that inspires for you, let us know.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Get ready for rejection. (laughs) Getting rejected has to be the most interesting part. Of really doing anything worthwhile, right? I don't, I don't think there's actually. I, I think maybe I've been beaten up so much. I don't think there's anything worthwhile that you don't get rejected for first, mm. right? If someone doesn't reject me, I'm like, you don't love me, yeah, you, don't, you don't like. Well, what, what, what is this? You, you want me around? What? You want my business? You want what? Let me say this: Whenever I give someone an idea and they say no, in my head, the very first thing I say is "fuck." Like, that is literally the first thing I say in my head. It has never led me wrong so far, but I usually say, I don't like my ideas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? There's a whole lot of that in my head. And then I think I usually be like, I kind of start kind of getting a little frustrated. And then about 30 minutes later, I'm like, what's my game plan? (laughs) <laughs> What's I'm gonna do, man? What am I gonna do next? I'm gonna get around this, right? It doesn't make me quit. It just makes me initially irritated, then angry, and then it forces me to do something about it. So um, but getting rejected is one of those things it's kinda of like I've been pulled over so much when a cop is like some people say, like, Oh my god! I'm like, Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> let's get this shit over with, man. Alright, come on man. What do, what do you want, officer? What do you want? Just yeah, yeah, dude. Lies and red go write some shit up. Hurry up, man. <laughs> Right. So that that kind of um I don't know, man, you just just get just get used to it. You just kind of yeah. get there's a, there's a level of kind of irritation of intensity and irritation that you get acclimated to and then some people get some people I guess it shuts them down, right? Mm. Nah. Nah.
1: But then also when somebody says yes to you, are you like wait a
0: second You know what I'm I'm for real I think I come off like a drug dealer when someone says yes I'm like what are you doing tomorrow <laughs> You want to do it then what you, let's do it right now right now let's get it over with right So I try to i, I try to you know tell people like hey man uh, if you say yes I'm trying to do it like right now like no delay no bullshitting. let's get it on So yeah I, I, you know that's what the rejection does to you it makes you happier <laughs>
1: when things go right mm-hmm. well well how could we do that as a, like a scene or do something along those lines hmm.
2: um
1: i liked your idea of like whatever somebody says yes you're like kind of suspicious of it in well, a way since there's been so much rejection you know
0: what so when we had the comedy club in the hotel and the guy was just like yes i want you guys to come into the thing and come into my place and build a comedy club we were like what you, you know what a comedy club entails. Well, here, here's what's interesting. At the end of that thing, um, they were complaining like your comedy club makes too much noise. Mm. We're having, <laughs> right? We're getting a lot of flack from uh, our hotel uh, customers, and we're having to move people around in the hotel, you know, to less populated areas. I'm like, now what did too you? Too much expect? laughter. Yeah. It too was much just, joy. Right. <laughs> like You think it's gonna be like Spirit fingers? Like, hey y'all, if y'all like this joke.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right, like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, because we're too loud, and it was like, that's what a good coffee club is like, man. So, hmm. sorry, I don't know if that answered your question, but uh, <laughs> I'm
2: just thinking of I, like, how could we do this? I also like the idea that you know someone can be so inoculated against hardship that you know not mm-hmm. even reacting anymore.
1: Yeah, uh,
0: <laughs> you know what? So, I got pulled over on the way to Michigan. This was maybe like four or five years ago. Cop pulls me over, followed me for five miles. Oh, gosh. More like four and a half. He got right behind me. He followed me and followed me and followed me. I was on my way to a show. And finally, I just whammed on the brakes. I whammed on my brakes. He whammed on his brakes. I pulled over. He comes to the side of the car. What's going on, buddy? I was like, dude, what do you want? He was like, what do you mean? I was like, you've been following me, man. Like, what, what, what do you want? He, I was like, what are you pulling me over for? He said, you look suspicious. I was just like, damn, I knew I wasn't handsome.
2: This is our sketch
0: right here.
2: <laughs> I was like, I knew I wasn't
0: handsome, but I had no idea. I just naturally looked suspicious. Right? So the cop basically says, well, license and registration. And at this point, I pretty much pulled my phone out and I put my wife on speaker because I'm just like, yeah. I'm like, look, I don't know what the hell is going on, but this is about to get real freaky, dude. Can do. I play the
2: cop? <laughs> Boo.
0: <Bull. laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then the guy was just like well it looks like your uh, uh your Michigan license has been, susp- been suspended because I used to live in Michigan mm. he's like oh it looks like you had a speeding ticket that you uh didn't pay or something like that like nine years ago and so your Michigan <laughs> license is expired I was just like well I handed in my Michigan license for my Illinois license when I moved back yada 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 he's just like well we can clear this all up if you give me 50 bucks cash no. I was like what uh. he's like yeah he just like, you got 50 bucks? I was like, on me? Like, no. Like, dude. I said, are you really trying to get me to give you 50 bucks? I'm like, you know how fucking suspicious this sounds? He's like, well, you got it or no? I was like, no. He's like, I'll be back with your ticket. I was huh. like, as well, so he came back for, you know, like. Was million. this before Venmo? <laughs> 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 I, Venmo I couldn't believe it. I was just <laughs> like, what? That's so crazy. sure enough. He wrote me a ticket. It was just like failure to pay a ticket from nine years back, yada, yada, yada. I had to pay like a $500 fine.
2: Man, wow. I was so,
0: so, so heated. So I wrote like all these letters to the state. Nothing happened. Mm. Nothing happened whatsoever. So that that cop, man, I'm going to tell you what. I'm, n- I'm not going to pray that he has a heart attack. I- <laughs> you ever seen episode of Tom and Jerry where the guy was in the backyard and he walked into the rake and the rake hit him in the face and then he took a step back and he hit another rake and the other rake hit him in the back of the head and then he walked forward and he got hit in the face with a shovel. Yeah. I want this dude to just endlessly walk into rakes and shovels (laughs) for as long as it takes him to not be a fucking douchebag. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, how can I thought we turn t- this into a scene. <laughs> That's a pretty good scene right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might be enough. <laughs> um we could do I am trying to think of like a way to mash up all of these things is like calling out a suspicious comedy club for being too fun. <laughs> <laughs> um
2: <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, we've had some noise complaints from um, some of the hotel guests above you, and uh, just try to quiet it down.
1: Well, officer, this is a comedy club, and we're having a good time. It's a Saturday night. Come on, can't you just, you know?
0: Why you got your hand on your gun? <laughs> it's
1: just a. We're just That's having- just where my hand went. <laughs> Okay, well, officer, we'll try to be more quiet, but, like, we're having fun.
0: We're having fun. Yes, this is a good time. Well, Why don't you sit and have a seat and enjoy the show? Maybe you you look like you need a laugh.
1: That's a great idea.
0: I'm a police
2: officer. I'm not supposed to have fun.
1: Oh, come on. I mean, officer, can't you just, like, take a moment? We have one more act of the night, and then we'll go home. It'll be fine.
0: Yeah, stop sitting on your billy club and come in here and have a seat. Yeah.
2: Well, I could have a seat or go away and with give you a warning if perhaps you could slide some you know oh
0: it's one of these dudes oh, no. crooked ass Michigan. some 20s my oh, yeah. way perhaps a
1: ticket is like 15 dollars. hold on hold on
0: let me google search this dude's salary Ooh, I i'm it. putting <laughs> a kid through college um with 20 bucks where you going to school i want to go
1: any cash on us right now. How about we comp your ticket to see the rest of the show and that'll be like great.
0: Or why don't we turn you into internal affairs for tuition's a, 60 really bucks. hefty?
1: That's an idea. Do you, you take Venmo? I don't know. Or Facebook. Patreon?
2: Pay? I do actually. Oh crooked
0: ass. I was hoping
1: that you wouldn't. <laughs> um
0: say you're out, say you're out, say you're out. You don't have you're out, you're out.
1: You know, I think. We'll just close down the comedy club. That seems easier at this point. All right. Ah, Shut it down. Kids need braces. Shut it down. Uh. (laughs) Blackout. (laughs) Yeah. Well, do you want to plug all of your stuff to our five audiences?
0: Well, you know, uh, if you're a comic, I'm looking for you. And I'm looking for your feedback. I want to see how you like it or love it. And yeah, if you want to, if you want to donate, mom's kidding. No, no Uh, no, no, donating money. Oh, (laughs) 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 yeah. So, if you're interested in the service, I would absolutely love your business and really your feedback. Uh, Site is free. Go sign up. Let me know what you think. Uh, There's no such thing as bad feedback. And that's uh,
2: laughsearch.com or
0: laughsearch. www.laughsearch.net will take you an entire. Five to ten seconds to sign up. I mean, really it's like your name, your email address, your password, and then that's it. And go in there, save your content, organize your content, make a set list. You, you, in theory, I like I can make a set list in like, you know, one second, really. I just find a keyword, say make a set list out of this, and then I can drag and drop, and organize my stuff. And I just really want uh to promote the business aspects of comedy. So uh visit me on Facebook, Tyronfoster.com or I say lasters.net. And uh, thank you, guys. We'll
1: start liking your jokes so that you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> much appreciated. Much appreciated. Yeah, that, that's it. That's it, though. Well, Bye. thank you so much yeah, for thanks. being on. Thank do you, you on? It's, this. It's awesome. been a good time. Yeah. This has been a Neighbory Inc. podcast. Go to
1: NeighboryInc.com for more details. Follow Riffraff Revolution on social media at r_r_revolution because they couldn't get a more convenient handle. This episode was edited by Jacob Duffy-Halbleib and Dominic Gwanzen. This episode was produced by Perry Hunt and Laura Leland.
0: Tune in next week for an interview with Michael Van Fan. Bye. Bye! I want this dude <laughs> yep, yep, yep. to just endlessly walk into rakes and shovels
1: <laughs> for
0: as long as it takes him to not be a fucking douchebag.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I t- t- turn this into a scene? <laughs> that was a pretty good scene right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that might be enough. <laughs>
0: Cop shows up to the comedy club. He's just like, lots of suspicious faces in here. Who's got 50 bucks? Yeah. (laughs) I'll even take it collectively. If everyone just pulls out a dollar, then I'll go away. (laughs)